This is October 8th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and the Bruins have played two games. Bruins hockey is back. I said it last week, but now we actually have games to talk about, which is fun. We're not just, you know, talking about topics that have been rehashed all offseason. There were some new topics on this show, which is just a blessing to be able to talk about now. Um, and joining me this week was WEI.com's Matt Kalman, who Kalman and I go way back to last year when we worked together uh, during the cup final. So Kalman is quite the character. Uh, you can't find anybody uh, funnier than him, as you'll see in this podcast. Uh, as we, you know, we trade jabs on Twitter, we trade jabs in this. Uh, we always have fun. And we always, except I always want to bring you the best Bruins talk. So keep that in mind while you're listening to this. At any rate, without further ado, here's the first Bruins beat with Bruins games played of the season. And here's my conversation with Matt Kalman. And we're here with Matt Kalman. Matt, what is up? Hey, we haven't seen you since game seven. I thought maybe you went, went to a cave or something. I did. I went to a cave with every other Bruins person. I could I couldn't get out of it. I couldn't believe that that they lost game 7. I st- I'm so sick of people on Twitter that are out there like, "Oh, I can't watch the Bruins cuz they cuz of game 7." Like, get over it. It's a new year. You'll move on. Well, it's the people just... that are the people that are like so bitter and angry about it. I mean, my gosh, you know, they lost the game. Nothing you can do about it. You got to move on to the next season. It's just, it's just a sports game. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> like there's so many people and, and, and it was heartbreaking for a lot of people, but you know, it, it, you know, in terms of sports, it was big, but you know, I think that most Bruins fans, you know, take probably should have taken a week, two weeks. It's all right. Time to move on with my summer. Time to keep doing Bruins stuff. Cause a lot, you know, Bruins content was pretty much down all summer because no one wanted to even see or hear from the Bruins <laughs> because of what happened last year. So now they're back. Um, this is dropping on a Tuesday. So this uh, tonight you can watch the Bruins play the Vegas Golden Knights, which should be a much better game than the first two, even though the Bruins won. Um, beating the Stars 2-1 on opening night. And then two days later uh, at like 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, uh, beat the Coyotes one nothing, which is just, you know, exhilarating in every possible <laughs> sense of the word. Um, what were your takeaways from the two wins? Well, weren't you going to say something about Brett Ritchie's amazing Corsi 4 or something? Well, I, so my, I, take, my main I, takeaway I, from the games was uh, how inconsistent things were. How the first game, sure, you have the uh, you have guys like Brett Ritchie coming out, and Dan Heinen and the Charlie and Charlie Coyle and Jake DeBrusque having these monster games and the top line doing really much of nothing. And then the next game against the Coyotes, you have a much different thing happen. You literally have the opposite happen. Uh, you know, you have uh, the top line score the only goal. They played great. They all had high Corsi four percentages and Brett Ritchie was the lowest Corsi four percentage on the team against the Coyotes, but he was first against the stars. So that counts for something, doesn't it? I guess, but you know, I mean, when you talk about sample sizes, do you understand? And I I really wish people of your ilk would understand that, you know, you you can't even like really take that much from a one game Corsi four percentage. You know, it's like it has to be such a bigger sample size to actually for it to mean something. 
And yet people are jumping through hoops. You know, I, I think the athletic basically de- devotes all of its coverage to that. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, if you thought that Brett Ritchie had some monster game the other night, um, he scored a goal on his first shot and then the rest of the game didn't do much. And, uh, then Saturday, monster. That, that carried over. So let's, let, at the same way, we're not going to give, uh, David Backus, uh, you know, hanging his number in the rafters because he took figure skating lessons and looked great in the preseason against the uh, Devils. Yes, we're not we going are. to put Richie in the pantheon of uh, awesome free agent signings right now. The fact is that he might even be benched by the time you guys are listening to this. You, you know, you might put Backus uh, back in there against Vegas. So um, I think that the takeaways are two. One is that the goalies are awesome. And the Bruins are going to ride that like they did last year until they get their act together. And two is that uh, they got to get not only do they have to get Krejci some line mates, they have to get uh, Charlie Coyle some line mates because uh, he had some monster shifts in that Arizona game, but uh, no one to really do much uh, with the puck with um, doing a lot of puck protecting, but didn't really have anybody to distribute it to. First of all, I mentioned David Backus being a pantheon great for the Bruins. Nobody's yeah. wearing number 42 ever again. They're retiring it. Um, kidding. And they're definitely going to um, pass in the cup first. Yes. Oh, we all get, we all thought that would happen last year. We all thought that would happen. Um, so you kind of have a lot of things there. Uh, we'll start with Brett Ritchie versus David Backus because it feels like that's going to be a battle for a lineup spot every night, <laughs> at least for right now, because they're both power forwards. They both essentially do similar things. Is this something that Cassidy goes, you know, he flips flip-flops on all the time, or is he going to choose one? I mean, wh- what do you do with this? Yeah, basically. I mean, the only reason I think he played uh, Richie in Arizona instead of uh, Bacchus was because Richie was the hot hand. He had the one goal. <laughs> the one <laughs> the one shot. Goal. So um, <laughs> it's going to be a battle between the two of them until they get Bjork up here or Frederick or uh, whoever, you know, whatever. if they decide to do something with Paul Carey or – um, if that's the only battle that's going to be, and uh, <laughs> battle of the bottom, <laughs> exactly. It's not. It's it's inconsequential. I mean, you know, in the, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, you're just hoping that one of them does well, that they don't hurt you, and that does well enough uh, to just kind of hold his place there and not get beat. So, if you're putting back, is especially with Corrali and Wagner, that's you know, it's a pretty safe bet. But with Lindholm around, you probably want to keep that fourth line stronger. And it's kind of a shame because that would make that kind of makes if you put either one of them back as a Richie on the, on the uh, coil line, then that kind of makes that line somewhat of a fourth line because you can't necessarily trust them uh, with all the defensive matchups, you know, when you have a, a Richie or a Bacchus on the wing. Yeah. I, I, if that's the only lineup battle you have right now, I think you're in a fairly good place. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think this is going to be something that's ongoing through the year or until, you know, they think Bjork's ready to come up, or as you said, Frederick. So I don't really – that's a weird situation because they're – and a lot of people were kind of perplexed that they dropped Bjork down in favor of Brett Ritchie. It, at least that's what it felt like to some. And Joakim Nordstrom's still not back. So, you know, we'll see what happens then. I mean, then it's going to even be – Yeah, that's um, exactly it. When Nordstrom comes back, that might make uh, both of those guys healthy scratches and might even send end up with Ritchie in Providence. I mean – um, no one's claiming this guy, you know, it's not, if anyone wanted to ever claim this guy, they would have signed him in the first place. Um, and you know, I don't think that they're going to do the, do it to Bacchus, but they could send Bacchus down to it if they had to, to clear their roster spot. But, uh, 
you know, it, 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 I don't, I hope you're not, you know, focusing on this battle of sorts or if that's what you want to call it to ignore the fact that they still don't have the crutchy winger. I mean, it was only one game, so we're not going to, you know, throw Carson Kuhlman under the bus, but this is going to be an issue. I, I can't imagine that Carson Kuhlman's going to be a consistent, um, reliable second wing, second line right wing for Krejci to make that line, you know, as, as dangerous as it needs to be. And that's what you're going to have to keep worrying about is if, if a Bjork or someone can't come up to fill that spot, they're going to be in the market again for a guy to play that spot. See, my thing on Coleman is if this is, if the Bruins were a team that were a fringe playoff caliber team, you could get away with Coleman on your second line and developing him and getting him used to those second line minutes because he is fast. He, he's pretty good with the puck. He can get to the net. So great. But they're going for a cup. It's very, I don't, unless Coleman breaks out, which I don't see happening, it's going to be very tough for him and for the Bruins to have real success on that line with Coleman there on the right side. So, yeah, I mean, obviously this is a huge issue, Krejci just not having a right wing, but this has been going on forever, it feels like. So I, I in, 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 la, in the playoffs last year, he didn't have a right wing. So what do you see that, what do they do next? If Coleman doesn't work out, you know, I hope for your sake, I hope Coleman scores 700 goals the next three games. <laughs> Shuts you right up, but but if that doesn't happen, right. what do they do? What what what's next? Well, they're going to have to make a trade, but it, it could also be, you know, you look at that right side of Coil. It's not exactly uh, brilliant either when it's when it's Richie to start this year here. We know the second game and uh, who was it in the? It was it, it was Coil with the Brusque and and Coleman in the in the first game too, right? So um, yeah, oh no, it was Richie. It was Coleman. It was it was Coil with the with the Brusque and Richie. Yeah, so Richie and Coil seem married right now, which is not the best position that Charlie Coil wants to be in in his uh, contract year. So um, divorce coming. You know, it could just be that you you find somebody to play with Coil, and then you you could survive like they did last year with Coleman playing with Richie and DeBrusque. Um They have to find another Johansson, and that could be that could be Anders Bjork at some point. It could be someone they trade for, but it's it's going to be an issue. It's going to keep surfacing. I mean, Kuhlman's going to have good games, don't get me wrong, but um, it's going to be tough for him to play that well consistently and, and against the tough matchups and, and handling tougher matchups on his side. And uh, it's going to be a juggling act for, uh, for Cassidy. And uh, and then at some point you wonder, do you, do you break up DeBrusque and Preachy to get DeBrusque with Coyle and really get that going and make sure you're getting uh, DeBrusque the right amount of minutes? It's going to come down to putting Pasternak with David Krejci. It's got to at some point. It's got to happen. <laughs> I know I know. Cassidy said uh, before the season uh, that he plans on doing it in-game sometimes. You know, he doesn't rule it out. But putting DeBrusque and Krejci with Pasternak would just make sense because anybody works with Bergeron and Marchand. You can put anybody up there. Try Anders Bjork. Try you know if he if you bring him up try Dan Heinen try different guys up there Heinen looks good Heinen looks good I know it's two games I know there's no sample size to go off of but Dan Heinen looks good to me and again it's bias I picked him as my breakout player of the year I stand <laughs> by that he's on pace now for what's eighty two divided by two forty something he's on pace for forty something math. goals he's on pace for math Figure that one out. <laughs> no, there's no, no math in UMass. Um, but uh, you know, I think that you know he'd be a suitable person on the first line with with um, Bergeron and Marshan. I think that's what they're going to have to do because you can't really continue like this and expect solid depth scoring every night. I mean, I know it, 
it's hard to go off two games here. It's hard to go off two games and say, oh, but they got scoring from everywhere in both games. Well, <laughs> it's a fluke. It's two games. So I'm three interested. Goals. It's three It's literally three goals in two games. I'm interested to see what go what goes on from here and sort of what they do with that. But one area that's working out well, and I didn't expect this to happen. Now, granted, it's it's two games in. So your sample size argument with Brett Ritchie, my sample size argument with 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 Halak, so we'll uh, we'll call a spade a spade. But his but, sample size goes back to the last season. What are you talking Hal- about? Halak looks. If he played, tremendous. if he played like ten more games, he would have been a Vezina finalist. I mean, this year. I mean, this year. My prediction was Halak was going to have a little bit of a drop off, and he yeah. hasn't. It's only been a game. And and but I also <laughs> I, I I I think that what's funny is. The two games highlighted how good the two goalie tandem is working. And I, Matt, you said all summer how much you hated the two goal tandem. You wanted to trade Halak. You said that all summer. You said trade Halak for cap space. Why would you say such a thing? <laughs> That's funny. I don't remember saying that. It must have been drugged or something. <laughs> no, but I, I do. I will say this. Um, on the I, I was a guy who I just pitched thinking of trading Halak because I thought there was no chance that Sweeney was going to get McAvoy and Carlo under the cap, which he did. So obviously now there's no reason to trade anybody at this point until the trade deadline. Um, obviously trading Halak was not the right move. He comes out, gets a shutout. Tukarask looks tremendous opening night. My biggest takeaway from opening night, actually, they didn't get shut out 7 nothing. I thought that was pretty impressive. That's right. Well, then, then now they're not going to go to the Stanley Cup final. I know. I remember th- last year, seven nothing opening night against the Capitals. What a way to start everything off! Yeah, it's, um, that was the way you knew they were going to go to the final. Now, you know what with Halak too? Not only are they not only are they not going to be trading him, but they're going to have to give him a one year contract extension. Because what? Who's going to be your backup next year if it's not Halak? It's not going to be any of the three clowns they got uh, playing in Providence or in uh, in uh, Atlanta. Now <laughs> they got uh, you know Kaiser went all the way to the ECHL. He's not going to be NHL ready next year. Um, you got to you got to commit to Halak for uh, for at least one more year. Maybe you give him t- two years and you know let him go to uh, Seattle if they decide to change pick him. I don't think they would, but. Yeah, I mean, I think with Halak, it's more. I mean, he's going to get, a, I think, more starts in October and potentially even November. You know, last year, I mean, Halak was the starting goalie for the first half of the year. He just was. He was better. Um, so I'm. I know it's one game for Rask as well, but no slow, no signs of a slow start yet. You know, we still we're two games into the season. We have to preface that with everything, but no slow start yet for him. He looked good against Dallas. I mean. You know, if he doesn't play the way he does in that third period, the Bruins lose. If Halak doesn't play the way he did throughout the whole game, but mainly the first period, the Bruins lose that game as well. So, I mean, the goaltending is what looks amazing right now. Yeah, um, and I think I think it's going to be pretty much a fifty-fifty split for most of this first few months of the season because oh yes, they have to be careful that uh, that short off season doesn't catch up to Tuka. I think Tuka's playing so well in the preseason and, and in the first game because it's almost like he picked up where he left off because yeah. he, he just stopped playing. It wasn't that long ago. And so, you know, the, the problem will be with, with him and with all, with everyone. It's, they don't know what, you don't know what's going to happen uh, in December, in January, when things finally catch up to these guys, you know, the, uh, remember what the, the 2011, 12 Bruins did after the cup win uh, started three and seven and it looked yep. terrible, and then and then they didn't win. It. They didn't lose a game in November, 
So clearly the hangover didn't catch up to the, you know, they got over that pretty quick, but then the rest of the year was a roller coaster and that playoff series, they, they were like on playing, running on fumes in that series against Washington. So it takes a longer time for this stuff to catch up to people and to, to these teams. And especially um, with Tuca, because it's such a vital position if they just, uh, they have to definitely rotate him and, and Halak and maybe even give Halak some more starts if some, against some weaker opponents uh, to make sure Tuca is fully recovered and ready to go, uh, assuming that there's a playoff run in the next, next spring. Well, wasn't it that 2011-12 season Thomas changed his mask in November? Or he did something, <laughs> changed his pads. Yeah. He did something, and I think that's what triggered the whole change. Speaking of Tim Thomas, George Bush dropped the ceremonial first puck. Oh, you must have been so excited. Well, no, I was not excited. We don't share politics on here, but. Oh, we don't? I don't know. We don't. It's not a political podcast. Is, is that why you took the? Is that why you took down the Trump poster from behind you and put up a Boston? <laughs> po- is that what it is? Yes, it, it is. You took down the MAGA poster. I the MAGA poster is gone. Uh, the the Bernie Sanders poster I had up, I had to take that down. We got to keep things. Even. Um, even I was just impressed that George Bush, like they told George Bush to go to center ice, and he found it. I was just impressed with that. <laughs> I like his little dance moves on the way there. I oh, he's always it. got. He's I, always has to dance. Yes, I, I, I get, well, you know, I'm surprised if Cheney knew that he, if Cheney knew he was going to be there, he would have tried to drill for oil in the center ice. No, um, no, Cheney was there with the joystick. He was controlling him. <laughs> well, what's funny is uh, I tweeted the, the Bush gif of him dropping the puck. And of course my Twitter feed and my notifications were politicized for 48 hours because a bunch of Fox news people retweeted it. And that sort of generated a ton of stuff. And I think Dana Perino retweeted it on Fox, uh, from Fox News. <laughs> she did. She retweeted it. I was pumped. What am I doing her. on this Fox News affiliated podcast? Oh my God. At this point, it might as well be. So, um, but he, that was the, the, I didn't expect my first gif of the year to be George Bush. I did not expect that to happen. Uh, my first Bruins gif of the year though was George Bush. Um, you mentioned something before that I thought was interesting. Uh, I predicted the Bruins would start slow because that's what they did um, after 2011. Everyone says, oh, they won the President's Trophy in 13-14. That's not really a correct sample size because they didn't even play a full season, even with the playoffs in 2013. So that's kind of – you can't really compare that to this year. So I expected them to start slow. They're out west. They're coming off a championship loss. They had a short offseason, a lot of veterans. And they're starting okay. It's not slow. It's not fully slow because they've won. They've won these. Right. Things. Exactly. But they it's don't. Well, I mean, about. it's nothing to be proud about. And, but it's. But they've still won these games. And my question is, are they just going to be hyped up through the first month of the season because of what they just came off of? And is the complacency going to hit later, or like what? What's going to happen here? What's going on? Yeah, I think that that's probably what will happen. It'll, there'll be a bit of a roller coaster here, especially if. Um, they don't fill these holes in the lineup if, if players don't, you know, pick up their performance and, and do fill into those those two spots we've been talking about that are empty. And there's going to be injuries at some point, and we'll see how they handle that. I mean, sure, they, they, they got through it last year. Can you expect them to be able to do that again if they have an injury? If, if Krejci or Bergeron were to go down again, if, if Chara were to go down, can they really survive that again? It's hard to say, you know. And uh, I would love to see 
them maybe lose a few games in a row and see how Bruce Cassidy handles it. I think what they've only have they had even a four game losing streak in Bruce Cassidy's three years. I don't think the they guys have. had a uh, exactly the guys had a, a blessed uh, run here. It's pretty amazing, and you know they talk about adversity and so fine. They've they've had injuries in the past and took his leave of absence and whatever, but they they've never really faced real adversity. They haven't had a, a, a real losing streak yet. So and well, then let's see what they're really made of. Well, they're currently on pace to be 82-0, so I think we need well, to Well, of course, and we know that's that. going to happen for sure. I mean, I'm sure uh, if you if you watch Nesson on Tuesday night, I'm sure they'll be talking about that. <laughs> well, Dale picked the Bruins to win the Cup when the WEI predictions for the season. It was you, Ken, and Dale. Arnold, correct? Yep, it was, and it was Scott McLaughlin. Oh, and Scott. I, how could I forget Scott? And... Dale was the only one to pick the Bruins going to the Cup. I I texted you. I was so surprised by that. I did not see that coming. <laughs> I think it's in his contract. I mean, let's say he worked for Nesson. You, you can't you can't flick against them. I mean, they're still trying to figure out why the Red Sox aren't playing right now. You know, so. <laughs> I still get I still get David Ortiz updates through text. So in 2016, I was a little I was a little kid in 2016, and I signed up for David Ortiz um, texts. From Nesson, updates, home runs, all this stuff. Because it was last season, it was sentimental. And, and what those Ortiz, updates tell you? And what those updates tell you about his about his video? When's his video coming for the Bruins? <laughs> when's his rally video coming for the Bruins? You are you are something else. Um, when I I um I remember getting an update when he threw out the ceremonial first pitch. And I was like, Nesson, what are you doing? And then the new oh, logo, God. Nesson's new logo. Too, what is good with this? Hey, the, the new logo was the first thing they, that they put out that wasn't aggregated in a while. So give them some credit, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. I they, they, a lot of people were saying they look like a mattress company. I mean, I think, I mean, that's been the logo since like they started, right? So I mean, this is the first time they ever really made a big change with the logo. Correct? I feel like I'm just pitching you up to make jokes. I think at this point in the podcast, I'm just throwing up like. I don't have anything to say about the new logo. I mean, I'm fine with that. I just wish they would take the damn ticker off the screen, and then final five minutes of the game, you put a big logo up on top of the screen. How much bigger can I buy a television? I've got like a 52 inch television. How much bigger does your TV need to be to watch a game on Nesson without having to look at every everything else but the game? How about when uh, they had the TD Bank? Uh, thing up on the yeah. screen. They, they, that thing was hovering over Duke well, That might the be the next way they do. They go. I mean, they want to do this player tracking. So maybe instead of just having like a circle on the players for the tracking, the, the NHL will probably put lo- sponsored logos around the players to you know sponsor the player tracking. Why not? It's, o- on it's, o- it's only a matter of time until the jerseys have ads on them. Um, yeah. Does anybody care about the NBA having that? I don't. I don't even care about that. Who cares? Uh, uh, yeah, well, that stuff doesn't really matter, but it's only a matter of time. It's like the jerseys out in Europe are like plagued in in advertising. Yeah, I mean, what's the difference? If they want to do that, that's fine. I mean, if they're just you know, you can you can make you make an argument. They probably sell more jerseys when they're not covered like that, but they'll make more. They'll, they think they're going to make more in sponsorships, so they'll do that. But don't uh, bury my screen in ads, and uh, I can't see the damn ice. Or the, my Who favorite is? is when there's my favorite is when there's a pass to the guy who's behind the ticker, and you can't see what's happening. Yes. Who's the guy? Was it you or Joe Giza on Twitter who tweeted out, Have, has anyone ever actually went out and bought something because or acted on an advertisement? Oh, yeah. Bought on the boards. And my first exactly, song was, never. I, sw- I, I literally switched to TD Bank 
right after that ticker was on the ice. I was I was driving yeah. to TD Bank at 9:30 at night to try to break in, try to switch my bank because of that. No, well, the best is I, they have they have TD Bank and then they have Berkshire Bank. Which one am I supposed to switch to? <laughs> They have so yeah, many it, banks sponsoring them. I don't even get why that is. If you're a bank, why would you also sponsor a team that's sponsored by a bank? The, the Berkshire, which one am I supposed to pick? Is it the Berkshire Exciting Rewind or something? I think that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, that's why you, you, you should pick them because they're exciting, obviously. They'll, you know, they'll take the money the name of the <laughs> The other's name of the I can't pick these. Um but yeah, it's been a it's been a fun start to the year. You know, we've logo changes. We got Brett Ritchie scoring sixty nine seconds into the season. Just and you, just so much. And you fun. got Alan Walsh calling your friend Jack Edwards a piece of shit. Hey, he was on your podcast too. He's your friend too. <laughs> he is. He's so, awesome. So my my thought. I love Jack. I my first thought was I heard that call when it was happening. Yeah, and I remember. I remember thinking. Uh, but then I thought, well, Polak had moved. Like, he had moved when Jack said it. At the time, it just looked like an awkward collision right. with the boards. He wasn't, like, potentially paralyzed when Jack Edwards said that. So, it calm he, down. He wasn't, saying that, he wasn't saying that while he was down, like you're saying, he wasn't saying that, like, he was seriously injured. Oh, this is karma coming back to get him. It was karma that he there was an injury happening based on the way the play was unfolding and the type of player that Polak is. And... If you didn't think that that was, I mean, that was about as solemn as a television network that's not for the team that the guy is injured could handle. I mean, they they didn't cut the commercial. They kept the cameras on him. You know, Jack and Brick stayed pretty much silent the whole time. And they described what happened. And, you know, that agent is just, he's just cuckoo. I mean, this is the guy who's been, you know, he's the one that was complaining when Halak wasn't getting the playing time in the island. And the whole Jonathan drew in mess with Tampa Bay. I mean, why does this have to be a criticism? And I mean, I'm, I'll tell you one thing I'm proud of is that Jack Edwards, and now maybe even, you know, hold the presses. I'm proud of Nesson. They didn't make Jack Edwards apologize for something that was so stupid. Yes, 100%. I, when I saw his comment to Chad Finn, I was like, that's the correct thing. You stand by it. You know, people love the Twitter verses, love to clip things just right. They like to take little, little bits and pieces. I don't, I definitely don't do that with Don Cherry videos, but, but other people like to do that and that's okay. Uh, and it, and it screws everything up because it makes Jack look like a total Jack. The only, only thing I'd say is that maybe Jack might've used the wrong term. I mean, he'll say he didn't, but he might not have wanted to say karma. He just wanted to, it was, he was basically saying this was a bad, you know, a bad coincidence that you tried to make a hit that was kind of dangerous and you wound up on the wrong end of it. That's all he's trying to say. Yes, and and I I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but of course that Alan Walsh. I mean, he in fairness, Alan Walsh retweets a lot of my Yaroslav Halak gifts, so I can't get on him too much. But <laughs> but in that moment, I was like, damn, what a thing for an agent to say on Twitter. Um, he he, he tweeted the article, and what did he call Jack? I forget what he called him. He called him a piece of shit. Piece of shit. That's right. He called him a piece of shit. Um. All right. So. So obviously we have this whole week ahead of us. We have the Golden Knights on Tuesday. The uh, Bruins play the Avalanche on Thursday. My boy Kale McCarr will be playing against them in that. That'll be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and then the home opener Saturday against the Devils. And then Monday they play matinee against the Ducks. So in those three games, Ducks win. I think they win the home opener against the Devils. I think the Golden Knights proved to be their first loss. And the Avalanche, I don't know. So... That's Are we doing weekend. one of these old school things that they used to do? 
is we doing one of these things where they do it on the sports radio where you, you take the schedule and you go, win, loss, win, win, yes. overtime win. Is that, is that what we're doing here? At Avalanche, win. At De- Versus Devils, win. Versus Ducks, win. We're going to do the whole schedule every week. We're going to do it. We're just win, and win, those win, Patriots win, win. Honks, And those Patriots honks just take the past schedule and go, win, win, win. And they don't. They never pick a loss. They never pick a loss. But in fairness, I mean, the Wasn't first eight like weeks. Pete, of the that was Pete Shepard's thing, right? I'm too old. I mean, I'm too young for Pete. I know who Pete is, but I'm too young to, to know that. <laughs> I just know I I I because he's rated PG thirteen or something. <laughs> no, I I only know Pete from a drop of his at E at EEI when I interned there. There's a list of like drops of audio drops that are like four or five seconds, and they have them for everybody. And the one they have for Pete Shepard is um, good news. Dale Earnhardt died today, and that's just the clip. That's it. There's nothing else to it. It's just. <laughs> That and it is the best clip. Uh, it's the best audio clip I have ever heard. It's the hardest I've ever laughed at something, and I don't even know the guy. And it, oh, it was just. There must be a lot more of him that you didn't find because oh my god, he when he would read the, when he would read the sports flashes back in the heyday in the nineties, the mistakes he would make were unbelievable. Yeah, no, that was obviously before my time, but no, I, I, I've heard a lot about him. He's a, quite the interesting guy. He's not in Florida now with the show at ES, I think ESPN South Florida or something. I don't even know. Um, all right, before you go, Matt, is there anything you'd like to plug? Oh, the skate podcast. <laughs> yeah, I the best podcast covering the Bruins <laughs> and the NHL, even better than the Bruins beats. Second rate, second rate, second rate. You guys, you, the, 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 do you notice how many Bruins podcasts have popped up this year? I don't oh. consider you. I don't consider the Skate Pod to be one that popped up this year. I consider it to be right. like a continuation of last year. So yeah. you had this, you had yours with Skate Pod, you had the Black and Gold one with Mark Allred, and yeah. that was it. It was just those three. And now, right. the Athletic has one. Maybe I shouldn't be pitching. Maybe I shouldn't be like promoting them right exactly. now. Exactly. But, but there's all these ones popping up. What I'm going to tell people is stick with the OGs. Stick with the Bruins podcast that's been around for some time. Don't jump to these random ones. Are you kidding me? Stick with the ones you've been listening to. (laughs) I'm excited for this year. I'm excited for everything that it brings. I bet you are too. You can read uh, Calman's work at EEI.com, Forbes, uh, pretty much everywhere. I don't think you don't write somewhere. You write everywhere, right? Anywhere where they still pay, which is getting slimmer and slimmer. Yeah, that's – that's an unfortunate reality. Um, but, Matt, thank you. I know you must miss me up in the press box. You must miss me uh, all the time after we spent so many days together at the playoffs and, and being squeezed together at the Stanley Cup final. That was quite the, uh, quite the experience, if we remember it. Um, but for CLNS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky, and you all have a tremendous rest of your week. 